Welcome to the Avance Podcast. I'm Dan. Ooh, where are we? Hi, we are, oh, I'm Nick. I'm Nick. Yeah. We are in the currently echoey studio, but it's getting there. Yeah. We got some wire cable management to do, but uh, I, 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 um, I'm your friend. I'm your best friend, but there's no we in this. Uh, no, that's true. No. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I have some cable management to do. Uh, I'm always here to help, but I don't know. I mean, I've seen a lot worse for people that just sit there, but like, I know you're OCD, so this is... Um, oh, it feels yeah. like a pit in this shop right now. I got, I got to pull the trailer forward, and I'm going to... Um, I got a new aluminum box to mount on the front, on yeah. the A-frame. Yeah. That'll hold all my tie-downs and stuff, and it's waterproof and all that. And then a battery. I've got shore power to install. I've got uh, trailer jacks, leveling jacks for each corner. I've got... Which... This is how the tool rabbit hole goes down for me, by the way. So I was like, I need to install leveling jacks in this trailer because I want to be able to um, put a car in and then disconnect it from the truck or just walk around and it disconnected from the truck. And and you don't think the, like, the, the swing down arm in the front is, is good enough? Well, no, not if you put, it's aluminum. So I put all your weight to the back or if the car shifts at all, God sure. you know, God forbid, you know, moves up and down. So I got these really nice uh, stabilizer jacks. And this, the heavy-duty C-type, they call them, where they just have one arm that swings down that's really heavy. And I got stabilizing feet. Then I realized I didn't want to drill into the aluminum frame and just bolt it in there. Yeah. I wanted something, you know, or should I say screw it in there? I wanted something to literally bolt it to the frame. So you called up Chevrolet and you got the air jacks off of the C8 race car, right? That would be awesome. Air I, jacks on I a cannot, trailer. I actually can't believe you didn't at least research that. <laughs> That'd be so cool. I mean, you're putting an air tank on it. You're <laughs> it is going to get a compressor. I'm, I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to like quadruple your budget, but I feel like the Dan I know would have been like, I can get swing down jacks. I can go C8. Uh. Well, I got heavy duty ones that you just literally use with the drill. So just that's cool. Each corner. Yeah. Okay. And so, but, but back to the point, I was like, how am I going to get these things screwed to the frame? Because if you screw them to the frame, it's kind of a one shot deal. You get them in there once and that's usually fine, but I wanted to be able to physically unbolt them. So then I ordered a drill attachment rib nut setter. So you, you drill a hole into the frame, just a regular hole, and then you put a rivnut nut in there. And a rivnut, nut, um, we should do this as a different t- Carter tip. It's not the Carter tip. We'll, I'll talk about rivnuts nuts another time and rivets. But um, this way I can literally sandwich a nut into the frame, yeah. into where I mount it. And then if I ever need to take them off. But this way it allows me to nut, put it in there, use a proper torque setting on that bolt. And, I'll, and I can use like some mild, not even blue Loctite. It'll be more than enough for that. And then because um, it's blind to the back of the frame. I can't see the back of the frame because it's enclosed. So this way I can properly put them in there and not cut into the frame more than I need to. Do you have to, if you drill a hole in that frame, <clears throat> and I know it's aluminum, but do you need to do it? Do you need to spray anything inside there to make sure that moisture doesn't get inside? No, but I will probably, I mean, the right way to do that in this case will probably be to get some, sil- put in the, because you set the rib nut and I'll probably put silicone in it and then, and then clamp the rib nut. Down. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, yeah keep, just might as well keep it. Yeah, as best I can. can. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, another new tool. Um, <laughs> really cool. Pretty excited about that. Uh, other news: the R8 is back, uh, which is a huge shout out to Metropolitan Detail and our sponsors and friends, S Tech. Uh, we did get a really nice deal with them. I mean, I, I think we're going to go into it, but there's word out there that the hood was one piece. The hood and the front bumper which is even more impressive. They did with one piece each. Uh, okay. I don't, I mean, I don't even know. I, I, I look forward to hearing the story, but like, that's a I, lot of, a stack and a lot of heat, and a lot of time. That's I, a seriously skilled. I install. went through the whole car. I was looking at it. And again, I'm, I'm blind, but I found one seam. 
one min, uh, within like an inch seam too. Like we're talking yeah. nothing. So yeah, and it was because they didn't want to. Yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna do a little bit. You're gonna we're gonna do a little uh, presentation on that. I know there's some photos and some things that happened. Yep, and, yep. Yeah. We got some good photos cool. of that install process. So and it just uh, I wasn't looking to have Metropolitan do the install originally, not because I didn't want them to. They're the best around. I was just uh, it was a little out of my budget. Sure. Um, we worked our, some magic with them. We're really happy to partner with you know Aztec, of course, and so. Uh, I'm really happy to have that done. Also, the windows tinted, so which um, Shauna had some insight in. She didn't want them as dark as normally she did, but we ended up going with 35% on the sides and then no tint on the back because obviously you can see the engine in the back, and we wanted to keep that exposed. But that turned out flawless. I think you did the smart thing because I'm looking at probably untinting the front windows on the Subaru because it's getting to the point at night where I can't see out of them. So, I mean, I like having the security in the rear, but it's... I, I went a little dark on the front. And that, again, it looks really good. It looks amazing. Black. Yeah. But I'm getting older. And <laughs> you're telling <laughs> as me. As I'm dude. backing up and things like that, I'm going, okay, I don't want to hit something. So, yeah. yeah. And then we blacked out the roof, just more of a personal preference. Which, by the way, I want to say that they matched that to the rest of the, the black on that car. Oh, it's piano black. It's, it's like the but per- it's, perfect match. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and they laughed. It's one of the louder cars we've had in here. Yes. Yes, it yes. is. So, Which says a lot coming from there. Yeah. So, yeah. Sean cool. is happy, so I'm happy. The car looks incredible. Um, this is kind of step one of the build. I was talking with the guys at S-Tech, and it's, I mean, in general, we've talked about this. Step one of getting a new car is PPF, period. A lot of guys, you know, they want to do their own personal touches, wheels, whatever. And this is kind of the disappointing one in the sense that you can't really see it unless you're going to black out the roof. But I, in my opinion, if you like to drive your car, it's the most important step you can do. <laughs> You'll see it when you go to sell it, and the price is better. So, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that it's just so much easier to clean too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think that's one thing people neglect when they talk about paint protection is the fact that you don't have to worry about swirl marks. If you have good people, it's not like the old stuff. It's not like the old 3M. And it, don't get me wrong, 3M makes a decent. I'm not bashing 3M. I'm just saying they were like the first ones to really get it out there. Yeah. When it was brand new, and you could see swirl marks, and it didn't it didn't self heal as well. But now, like with the Estec stuff, it's like you wash it off. I mean, you, obviously you're careful washing your car. Period. But it's like you don't have to freak out if you get a little swirl marks. All you gotta do is park it in the heat and then just go away. <laughs> it's gone. It looks brand new again. And the that's sun the best fixes part. everything. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, the sun just heals it. And so I'm really glad that we can drive it. And we the next day after getting it back, we got up at literally like six in the morning and it was still like a little icy out and it was dark. And we drove up um we basically did my local run from Dance Drive. So we went up um uh, Highbridge Road, we did Ben Ben Howard, we did Salton Basin. Then we stopped by the Avance Toy Drive where they had the new Grenadier, which we, we saw that. We're going to talk about that a little in this episode, yeah. actually. And uh, it was really, really cool. A lot of people out. They whole parking lot at um, uh, Collector Car Garage. Um, formerly Hagerty Garage and Social, formerly Driver's, Driver's Club. Club. Yeah. So got to talk with them. Good people there. I hope to see that thrive again with new ownership. Um, and there was a lot of people there, a lot of cars in there, a lot of really nice cars in there. The place is packed. It's, ones we haven't seen? There's a few. Oh, yeah. That's random. Okay. Cool. Yeah. There is a, uh, I probably shouldn't talk about the car that's in there. Okay. Let's just say the level has not decreased with new ownership. And one of the cars in there, people would probably pay admission to go see. Hmm. And yeah, I know you haven't seen it yet either. So we needed to go swing by. Oh, like, okay. It's that Fair nice. Okay. A uh, very historical piece of car there. Um, mm. So, yeah, if you're not a member, if you didn't swing by that, if you're not with Avance, uh, missing N- out. 92 Mi- Miata. Sucka. Yep, 92 Miata yeah, NA. Absolutely. Pop of headlights, man. <laughs> whoop, 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 Do they go up separate? That's yeah, what that's, you got to make that's a wink. The, I love it when they do that. 
anyway, we're going to talk more about the the R eight build. So, like I said, this is step one. We're uh, we're going to do the. Oh, I put another dent in my desk. Um, then uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, the next step is we're getting the custom seat made for Theo, so he can sit in the car with us between the seats and. You can laugh all you want. I'm not but, laughing. I'm just a little jealous. Oh, no, I'm laughing at the people. I mean, and people <laughs> so, are yeah. like, what? And we're going to go to our friends at Northwest Crafted, and we're going to have a custom-made matching center seat, because if you've seen the inside of an R8, not very big, but uh, that dog goes with us everywhere. And he is a great car dog, doesn't mind the G-forces, doesn't get sick. He's pretty chill as long as he has a place to sit. And so we're going to build him like a little center seat console that matches the interior of the car he can sit in. And you're going to have a built-in uh, clip in there for the harness yes, and all that. That's exactly. Neat. That'll be really cool. Yeah. yeah, so he can stay put when we're we're getting on it. And he, then, he cannot like the G-forces, but if we keep him in the same spot, would be nice. Yeah. Right. So we yeah. hit the brakes really hard. He doesn't go flying through the windshield. <laughs> or on that new tent on the side window, just, you know, yeah. seal. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he'll be good with that. And then I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I'm sure, I mean, Northwest, uh, Northwest Crafted uses the same interior leather because it's the same as Lamborghini. Yeah. So it'll match perfectly which will look really sweet they have kept my butt very comfortable on the monkey for yep. two years now so i'm good well yeah, I'm, I get it. as i go in there, i'm gonna bring the monkey seat down. oh okay yeah <laughs> well yeah they've done one before so they should i'm be good. trying really hard not to do the same thing as you but yours looks the it. best just, i mean so i think it, i'm just gonna go with the it's, brown leather it's you and me i mean i like, know it's just i'm the only people that can have a problem with this is when one, one of us walks up to the other one's bike and goes my key doesn't work right so, so yeah. i think i'll no, do that you I, should I just do won't that. do yeah. the rcs in the back yeah maybe i don't know just yours looks so good and it's the right brown anyway that was that and they are the ones that the design designed that because i went up there and i said i wanted the brown leather because you know and i showed him the bike and he's like no i think we know what to do and he talked me into the, the different color stitching and all that so yep you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out yeah yeah so we're gonna have twin bikes but i'm ashamed like of that because your aesthetic is perfect <laughs> i love that yeah um okay. but then it's gonna go to our friends at hkp mm-hmm. uh ben obviously over there who we've had on the show is a avant's partner as is northwest crafted and we are going to do. We are going to tuck in two Baja Designs light bars behind the grill, so you won't really see them until they're on. And it's behind the grill, so that it's going to get block a little bit of the light. But we want the brightest freaking high beams possible because at night, especially when we're out in the desert, because um, we do. We 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 got the trailer so we can take that car to places like Moab and Arizona, things like that, and not drive it all the way there on I five because that's fun. And so, we, but we want really really good light output in the front of that car yeah. and. I mean, I think that's why that's Baja, Baja Design made those lights for an Audi R8. Right? So, I mean, everybody knows that. I think they'll like it. Everybody thinks you can just put, just put them on Jeeps, but, you know, come on. I think that'll be cool. Well, they, there's, I did a ton of measurement, and they link together, so that gives me a lot more light. I'm like, I thought I was going to do one, but I measured, and I can fit two in there. So, I'm like, as much light as I can put under there is going to the front of that car. Good. And then it's waiting for the body parts, where I've got the waiting on new rear spoiler still, uh, front. Are you going to do canards on that? I am. Okay, you and I have talked about this before. In fact, let's make this the tip of the day. Okay. Okay. To those, some of us canards are pieces of plastic that we got from AutoZone and we glued on the front of a Civic. (laughs) Right. For downforce on the front of a Civic, which is smarter than putting a wing on the back. That's true. Yeah. But I mean, and also to the uh, the really intellectuals out there, canards are the winglets almost on the side of a plane. They're yeah, they would be like the front control horizontal control surface toward the front of a plane. Okay. Um, and, and on most planes with a canard, you refer to a canard in a plane. At least this is, I say, if you are in if you're into aeroplanes and you think of canards, you probably think of the ones that are like next to the cockpit oh, and they okay. pivot back and forth and up and down. Then I'm not, I'm thinking winglets think, are different, different. Okay. Not on the end of the winglets. I mean, okay. technically I guess they could be, they're a horizontal control surface that moves up and down like a rudder. Okay. So even though, or a flap, not a rudder, excuse me, they are a, fl- they are a type of flap. So on a, on a car, obviously they're, I'm trying to think if there's any cars out there that don't have fixed canards where they would move up and down. 
I mean, technically, I don't know if it's a canard, but the front end of a Wyra and the rear end have, have, the, have the panels that move up and down with depending on how you turn, but they're not on the side. They're in the center of the car. Yeah. But that does affect So the, you've got down splitter, wing, full, you know, there's all sorts of these. But a canard, if you think about it, now there are rear canards now. So I'm so, that's what I'm trying to I'm trying to think about. We're going to have to Google that too. Is like, what is the name of the panel on the front of the wire that moves up and down then? That's a good question. I mean, you have you have adjustable splitters in yeah. like the, if you think of like my Turbo S, my 911 Turbo S, the splitter deployed. Yeah. Well, a canard is typically is is on the side. And it's uh, a da- it's for downforce. And typically, when you think of them, they're these little like people call them winglets. Sometimes, even though they're not, they're, they're officially canards. The R8 GT has rear canards, which is something you don't see very often. Um, a lot of JDM people have seen rear canards because they are like an extension off the rear bumper and they stick out on the side. But yeah, anytime you see those little, they're typically carbon fiber. They typically shape. They look like a little ramp, kinda. Yeah. And they stick right on the side of the bumper. A lot of cars have one or two, and they're very functional. That's kind of like the new thing. If you hadn't, if you haven't looked, if you're not into the motorcycle scene, I should say, a lot of the new, really, really fast superbikes are coming with canards. They make a huge difference on motorcycles for keeping the front end down out of corners because they can put down so much power. They're wheeling out of corners. Well, that's it looks really cool, but it's not very functional for speed, and it generates a lot of lift under the bike. So with these new canards, they're keeping that front end down. So you'll see, uh, Ducati has some really cool ones. Um, Ducati has cool everything, I guess. Yeah, I'm so that but, doesn't. Yeah, but yeah, I'm a big fan of the ones in the Ducati. Um, but yeah, those little horizontal control surfaces—they're just—they are downforce. They're like the, they're an extension of. I mean, I always tell people the most important piece of downforce on a streetcar is typically the front splitter. Like you, as far as. As far as useful aerodynamics on the street, okay, um, the track's a different story, but on the street, you can really notice a really aggressive front splitter. Um, a rear wing makes a huge difference too, and they're usually, when you, aerody- aer- aerodynamic design typically considers both of them. Like they use, they make a front splitter and they make a rear uh, rear spoiler, and the, the, aer- the aerodynamics are kind of designed to work together to give a really even amount of downforce on a car. Like you were talking about front wheel drive earlier, it makes a lot more sense to put it on canards because you want all that power over the drive wheels. Yes. So, excuse that's, me, but... That's a topic we'll talk about on the next show. Uh, about why, why I wanted some downforce on the front of my Subaru, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But you can also think about it as, um, as you get into a corner, things like that, you want all that, that downforce over your control surface too, which is your front wheels. Yeah. So, the, the amount of downforce you can put on the front wheels of a car on the street is pretty useful. Um, but yeah, a good splitter, canards on any car actually do help uh, as long as they're mounted right. I always tell people if you, if they, if they recommend mounting them with 3M tape, they're probably not doing as much as you think though. Hey, three, I, I oh, put no, 3M tape in some weird, some, some weird places, but yeah, 3M on cars, just so we're clear. Yeah. yeah no, okay. 3M yeah. trim tape is really, really strong. Yeah. But if you think about a car like the R8, you're not, it, it's probably not going to hold very long at 150 miles an hour on the track. Which reminds me, I need to get some more 3M tape. Cause one of my, uh, window, I, uh, things over the, the windows in the, on the Subaru, mm-hmm. it came off of the power washer. Oh, talk about. Yeah. well, you're in luck <laughs> yeah. because I just ordered uh, two rolls because it was it was uh, two for one this on Amazon. <laughs> it was like they had one roll, then it was two rolls for the same price. I was like, well, I guess I'll get two. Yeah. So now I have two rolls of 3M, and it's specifically uh, exterior trim adhesive for cars. Like okay. It's the really, really high bond stuff. Once that stuff's on there, it's not coming off. It's my mistake. I, 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 eh. Yeah, so, okay. Anyways. See, this is how we come up with Carter Subaru tips. On I'm like, hey, what is a card? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, I added um, some 3D printed uh, air diffusers to the R8. 
uh, on by the windows because if they get so bad they call buffeting when you roll on the windows you get that. You were gonna get those for the Porsche from yeah, from uh, Batim from Batim yeah yeah uh, and they have them for the R8 but they're like six hundred bucks for the carbon ones. Oh, I got these for I think sixteen on Etsy after looking on the forums. They're like you can get those. Some lady cool. named Mary in uh, Moses Lake printed them for you. Yeah, <laughs> there everybody on the forums is like, well, you can get those and they work. Or you could spend get these, and they're like sixteen dollars, and do the same thing, same shape, glue them on the your, side. Because yeah. it's like, I mean, yes, it's an aerodynamic piece, but all I'm trying to do is quiet the car down. Did it's you so put loud. them on the car already? Yeah. Oh, okay. You can't even notice. Them. I was going to say they must black, be so nice, three D yeah, printed. Okay. Yeah, they look they look great. Okay. They're like five minutes install. So. Cool. Very cool. Anyway, nice. uh, we have a guest this week. Uh, this is the this is the ending of our Portland series that we recorded down in Portland, which was we can't wait to get back to. Really cool guests. It's down a lot there. of fun. Yeah. I'm wearing an HPD, not HP. Uh, uh, what shirt is this? I'm just flashing Nick here. I'm wearing a Portland shirt. Which one is that? IPD. IPD. Oh, yeah. Where'd you get an IPD shirt? He gave us IPD shirts. Did he? Yeah. I didn't get one. He didn't get you the right size. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Hmm, I'm a little sad. So that's okay. It's really soft. Yep. Don't start with me. Don't start with me. All right. Yeah. Uh, who's our guest this week? So on this week's episode, we have Brendan Tonkin, and if you know the name Tonkin in anywhere in the Portland area, you know that, I mean, those of us in the exotic car community know them for their Ferrari dealership and, and many other things. They've, uh, they've, they've had, I forgot how many dealerships he's, we talk about. Yeah. Um, they have since sold off some of the dealerships, but uh, they, uh, we had an interesting conversation. We even spoke about the, um, the Grenadier. The Grenadier that happened to show up. I don't, I don't oh, think well. he brought it up for the, the Avance thing, but there was one up here. If you haven't seen that car, it's really cool. Um, and it's, it's sort of like a, a Land Rover and a Range Rover had a off-road baby and um, had a BMW engine and transmission in it. So, yeah. yeah no, it's, a, it's very purpose-built. Uh, very purpose built. Like yeah. if you're looking for an off roader and you actually plan to off road it, this is probably the one to get. And it's a pretty good price point. So, uh, we had yeah. a, we had a wonderful time meeting him and his dog. I forgot the dog's name, but uh, wonderful, wonderful oh, yeah. new puppy. Like the dog. So, Cute dog. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> All right. uh, welcome to this episode. All right, see you next week for Shop Talk. What? Now you're gonna come talk to? Me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great intro Jesus. to our guest, Nick. <laughs> I'm being attacked. Yeah, you're being cuddled. This is to not death. the spot you're gonna pick. Oh, good Lord. This is One of our guests is cuddling on Nick's lap. God, yeah. Sorry, should I move? No. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Definitely not. Boy, they, when they say they're going to sell you a car. <laughs> Tonkin, Jesus. I can be very persuasive. Yeah. Uh, this week's guest is Brendan Tonkin. I'm sure you know that last name if you are from, oh, the Northwest in general. Uh, that that staple in the Ferrari world, I think, mainly is probably where it's known, but uh, obviously more brands than that in around in the Portland area, but... Uh, Brendan, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Brendan's doing, uh, well, marketing in general. You wear a lot of hats these days. Yeah, kind of doing a little bit of everything. don't coat this. He doesn't know what he's doing. No, that's He's a man of many titles, and and he knows what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) I have an idea, and then I chase it down. There you go. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, obviously, you grew up in a car family. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. Yeah. No, um... Probably not the normal kind of growing up childhood sort of situation, uh, but as as a car guy, I couldn't ask for anything better, right? My, yeah. I've got two sisters. None of them, none of them really caught on to the bug as much as I did. So I was preferred in some ways 
by my dad, probably. I can see that. that. You're you know, the favorite. I yeah, get it. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not even true. My younger sister is. Oh. No, oh. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but, you know, weekends was, was watching Top Gear and F1, and sick days was watching more Top Gear. Um, and then I missed out on my dad's, like, motorcycle racing kind of era. Because yeah, he he's raced bikes and cars, right? He's raced bikes. He's raced cars. Yeah. Um, and I managed to just barely catch the last of that, actually. He did 25 hours of Thunder Hill. It was when I was in, like, middle school, right? And I couldn't keep track of my homework, so I was doing that in the, <laughs> the RV right in the middle of the night. But he did it with... That's um, a good story. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe it was, it was Derek DeBoer. Uh, it was earlier in Derek's racing career. And I remember, like, at... 6, 7 a.m., sitting on top of the RV, watching this, like, it was a, a NASCAR truck painted in Jägermeister for some reason, and there was a Ford GT, and the sun's coming up, and these things are just booming around, and it's me and my dad, right? And that's just, like, burned into my memory. And so from there, I decided, like, I'm taking my dad to Lamar some year, right? And, like, it's just always been... Uh, like a driving factor kind of in my life is things with wheels, right? No pun, no pun intended. Driving yeah. factor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, are you, are you the only son? I am the only son. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I was five or so, I went to my mom and was like, Hey, you know, love to have a, a younger brother. If, if you could really work on yeah, that. Could you work on that? <laughs> and she goes, you know, Call I, could, the stork. I could try, but it could be another girl. I said, Oh, that'd be bad. <laughs> and I never asked again. So two to one was bad enough. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So then, yeah. Uh, went from, you know, growing up and then high school, I, my dad got me a, a Nissan Xterra and one day my buddy or someone that I was friends with in high school he goes oh, why don't you drive a Lamborghini I'm like well that's a stupid question I'm 17 <laughs> like <laughs> let's be real I can't throw my lacrosse bag in that car yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't make any sense that's the only reason though. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. minus aside, insurance yeah. uh, people that work this hard with dealerships aren't going to give their 17 year old kid anything like that yeah yep. <laughs> lucky the, I got a car yeah. have you seen the speed bumps in the high school parking lot <laughs> yeah, come on let's exactly. <laughs> let's be real here yeah. right <laughs> um but you know that kind of attention from people drove me to like go to college away right yeah uh, yeah and kind of go off and and be my own man and in part of that i met some of my best friends just from like oh you like cars i like cars yeah like the secret that you have right yeah. Um, and so I ended up doing like a radio show for all five years. It was a five-year program. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> a lot oh. of us went to college for five years. Yeah. yeah. Some of us even have two-year degrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah. Uh, That's my favorite part of college. So we did yeah. uh, uh, a car radio show for like two years and then... Those don't work, nor do automotive podcasts. No, they so, never yeah, do. They do not work, yeah. But <laughs> it became an excuse to hang out with this guy once a week and, and sure. we became best friends. Right. And that's how I know all of my best friends. Most mostly. Right. You huh. know, if, if we haven't known each other from childhood, it's because we know each other from cars, you know? Yeah. That's kind of how my life worked out too. Right. <laughs> right. Like that to me is like, I love cars and everything. But one of the, one of the coolest things is that you can walk up to anyone at a, a, a cars and coffee, a car show or whatever, and have a decently like educated conversation with someone about cars for a little while. Right. Yeah. Right. And like make a connection and, oh, you had a this, well, my dad had a that, or I drive a whatever, you yeah. know, and you can just connect and make, make friends like that. It's crazy. Yep. Can you give us a little history of the of the Tonkin brand? Like, 
where you guys got started, when it got started? Yeah, so um, it all started with the Chevy store on 122nd. And funny story, actually, the sign that's there, the big one, which I think is a national, or not a national, a state landmark nowadays. Yeah. It was made by the same guy that made the Welcome to Las Vegas sign. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So that's like a you know fun little tidbit. Uh, and so shortly after that, in 66, uh, Ron, my grandfather, became aware of Ferrari, which back in those times, though, it might have been, it might as well have been TVR or Austin Healey. Like, it was another Niche goofball brand. European yeah. car, right? And so he goes, oh, that's interesting. And he... Uh, Went to the uh, importer and he was like, "Hey, look, I'd I'd like to be a dealer of these in in Oregon." And the guy went, "Yeah, you want to sell these things to have fun? Like, go for it." <laughs> yeah, that was this 66. brand's going nowhere. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Yeah, uh, that was '66, and it started the Gran Turismo store with Ferrari, which then picked up Honda. And when they became a car dealership, they started with just selling cars to to motorcycle dealers, right? These old small bikes. Mm -hmm. And so my grandfather, he wrote Honda like crazy, just bothered him. And he's pretty sure that's why that they gave him the franchise because he was the first car Honda dealer that was not a motorcycle dealer. So that starts taking off and it completely kind of changed his, his, business strategy it became like a yeah i'll take one of these and i'll take an alfa romeo and i'll take an aston martin and i'll take a dmc and like whatever it's all worth throwing at the wall because honda worked and then toyota worked and then you know time goes by you know the 90s and 2000s start happening and ferrari is really working right like that brand is 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 gone places now but it it sort of has in some ways taken over what gt is these days and in other ways, like, we're, we're reconnecting back to some of those roots of, like, just, it all started out of loving cars, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this car's cool, I'll try another one that's cool, and let's keep going. So, you know, we got gifted Maserati by Ferrari back in the day. Everyone that had a Ferrari <laughs> store was gifted Maserati, congratulations. Yep. Uh, and so we've been, you know, the Ferrari and Maserati store for a long time, right? Uh, and now we're, we're expanding a little bit. Uh, so that's another thing that I've been kind of working on in the store. What do I do? I kind of chase down a bunch of stuff. So we we have a bit of a hush-hush project that I'd love to talk about, but I can't. Okay. And then recently picked up uh, Ineos Grenadier. Very cool. Very oh, okay. cool, but I know that look on your face, right? The like, hmm? Yeah. I know it, but I'm, I don't know if I could pick it out of a lineup. So like five years ago on Jalopnik when it was still – worth something uh i read an <laughs> article headline there is like hey uh rich guy wants to build brand new defender yeah and i was like ah, oh that's right okay. that's gonna yeah. be great for that guy and he'll make two of them for three four five hundred grand right yeah and who the, the hell <laughs> would be dumb enough to sell those <laughs> <laughs> right yeah uh so then in like january they approached us and they were like hey you know this this is what we've been working on. This is the car. Would you be at all interested in selling them? And it. <laughs> thank you for your stop crawling into the mic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's very sort of true to the original old school Defender in that it's like very analog, very rugged, mm-hmm. very very enthusiast based though, right? Like the it, it's functional, like functional. Yeah, right. And one way that I like to equate it to people is like, you know, there's 911 GT3 RSs and people understand those things and why Mm -hmm. they have certain hardcore features and why they don't have other features. It's the same deal. This is 
call it a GT3 RS for like off-road, yeah. right? And so we kind of started getting interested. And then uh, my younger sister, the favorite, went to Arizona with our GM and our service manager, Sean, who's on to his like third overlanding rig now. And like he he's drinking the Kool-Aid big time. Yeah. They went and uh, checked out the car. They drove it around for a little while. And they were, they were like, okay, this is like the real deal. And so time went by. We kept putting the pitch together, and we got the franchise. So now we've got over 100 pre-orders of these things. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so they've been collecting pre-orders for about two years. This is a brand I really want to see succeed because I love what they're doing. They're Mm -hmm. building, like, a truly functional vehicle. Yeah. And you get the – instead of a compromise where, like – take the new new Land Cruiser, for example. Great vehicle. I'm I'm, You know I'm a Land Cruiser fan, but – at the same time, well, one, it's we don't really like the way it looks that much. But two, there's a lot of compromises because they're making it so broad audience, I guess. Yeah. In the Ineos, like you said, it's the GT3 RS of off-road. This thing's built to do. It's like 100% overland focused. Everything yeah. is made to be outfitted and upgraded. It's made. It's got you know extra switches. Everything is just like made to be used. <laughs> These switches. Where yeah, they, love the they, switches. Where are they the, built at? They're built in Hambach, France. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mercedes built a brand new facility to build cars mm-hmm. and then they had a strategic shift and they're like actually we're not going to use this facility so it goes on the market brand new state-of-the-art facility Ineos buys it and they contracted with them to be like hey we'll buy it but you got to teach us how to how to use this toy like how do how do we make a car to mercedes <laughs> yeah right yeah. so the fit and finish is, is phenomenal built uh yeah built in hambach which is they probably get some of the germans right which helps them with that build quality and focus well it's a bmw Engine yep. and transmission, right? BMW B58 uh, inline six turbo. Yeah. ZF transmission. They basically kind of went shopping around the market for like the best stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's got a Tremec transfer case, um, Eibach springs, Bilstein dampers, Brembo brakes, Recaro seats. Like, yeah. Just all the stuff you'd throw on your rig, anyways. Yeah. It's a really nice parts bin. In a good way. In a good, yeah. Because yeah. there's parts bin cars that are like the leftovers. This is parts bin cars as in you picked all the best parts from the bin you wanted. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the the you look at the car and you wouldn't realize that it's basically the product of a startup, right? Huh. Yeah. And so being able to, you know, just jump ahead of all of that development because they don't need to reinvent the wheel, right? Exactly. And it, it's, I, I think, pretty smart engineering, but it, it behooves me to think that, right? So... Yeah, it, it oddly, and I hope they don't take this offensively if they listen to this. It reminds me if if you resto modded a Discovery the right way, mm-hmm. this is you. This is what you'd eventually end up with if you could pick everything right and make it all work together. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's everything I've read about it. Everybody who's seen one, and of course, um, uh, Otis Porsche, who we've had on the show before. I know they pre-ordered theirs a long time ago. Yep. They've been pretty ranting and raving about it, and I actually trust that they would tell me if it sucked. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have they, have, uh, they, have they started making deliveries? Um. Uh, Right at the end of this month, so nice. it's November cool. right now. I don't know Christmas. when this comes right. out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, end of November is when we're going to start doing customer deliveries. Yeah, so this will be in December. Awesome. So they will be taking deliveries as this episode is out. But that's so really cool to see. Congratulations to Mister and Mrs. Whoever got their first one. Yeah, exactly. Um, now I want to talk about something else because I know yeah. this is near and dear to the Tonkin heart. Is the you guys have stuck with the motorcycles? Yeah. Well, uh, like. As father and son in some way. So yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So Moto Corsa started because my dad liked nine sixteens, basically. Who didn't? Right? That was I, know. I still think it's probably one of, if not the most beautiful ever motorcycle ever made, is the Ducati nine sixteen. Oh. It set the standard for what a motorcycle should look like. It's perfect. Yes. It's 
it's perfect. No notes, right? Yeah. So he decides he wants to get into the motorcycle business and later finds out that it's a lot easier to be a motorcycle customer than a motorcycle seller. Yeah. Right? Um, so <laughs> You've worked in motorcycles, Dan. I, yes. You understand this better than I do. Yes. Okay. So you know, right? But, uh, you know, I started doing or I started really becoming interested in motorcycles in high school. And my dad's like, no, you're a high schooler. Yeah. I'm let you get on a motorcycle. Why don't you drive a Ferrari to school instead? Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> that would have been a great compromise. Um, yeah. So. I mean, safer. I mean, a win-win yeah. win, win for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah exactly. <laughs> so Fine, I'll take the Ferrari. Yeah. Eventually managed to uh, convince him, like, okay, I'm, a, I'm in college now. I've got some income going on, mm-hmm. right? Like, can I, can I buy a motorcycle now? Because... I'm under your insurance still. Yeah, right? Can I buy a motorcycle now? (laughs) I I live under your roof. Can I buy a motorcycle now? And foolishly, he said yes. Um, (laughs) And so the first bike I rode was when the new Scrambler was coming out. Oh, great bike. Yeah, Yeah, phenomenal bike. I rode that for about a year, and I was like, all right, this is the bike I want to get. No, I want a 959. I want a 959 so bad. So, <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But, you know, you're 21 mm-hmm. or you know, 20, 21, and you're like, yeah, I don't care that it's uncomfortable. It's fast and it's cool. And it's not even the big one, right? So, God, like, I can relate to this. I'm not going to kill myself <laughs> on this thing, right? So <laughs> my dad and I pile both of us onto the scrambler that we had at home. And he, I think he rode on the back while I was riding there. <laughs> we went, we picked up the bike. And rode home, and then we started doing some track days together. And, uh, I mean, it if you've never done a track day with, like, a family member or something, it will just completely change how, like, your relationship is with that mm-hmm. person. Because we were riding around. He was on a 1299. I was on my 959. And we're going down the, the front straight at PIR. And we both kind of happened to look over at each other at the same time. And I think we both in our helmets had the moment of, like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Right? Like, we're going 150-something down the front straight, father and son, just, like, vibing hard. And we both get off the bike at the end of the session, and we both go up to each other, and we're like, wasn't that cool, right? And so, you know, those kind of fell off. The, the, like, you you remember when the COVID thing happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then I started. I don't recall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Track days kind of fell off with respect to that. And then yeah. this past year, I did like five of them. Because I was like, I got I got this bike. I got to use it. I also picked up a Tacoma because I had a Focus RS that I didn't need to put a gajillion miles on. That's a whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, and I started loading the bike into the back and going with my buddy Max Sizz, who, um, if you're familiar with the Sizz name, Michael Sizz who was a phenomenal um, architect and designer, he started designing motorcycles of his own. Oh. And he was about to make a bid for MotoGP when they changed the engine regulations, actually. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he is a brilliant, or I unfortunately should say was, was a brilliant, brilliant, amazing mind. And he and my dad bonded over motorcycles. And me and uh, Michael's son, Max, have really bonded over motorcycles, right? So... That's just been beautiful, and we went to the Ridge Motorsports Park mm-hmm. in yeah. Washington. Shelton, yeah. Yep. Uh, and my dad and Max and I, we did a full two-day, like, motorcycle school track day thing. And, like, it, again, it just goes back to, like, we're, we're all just, like, kids when you hop on these things. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to play with these things together is just, like, it's it's fundamental to to, like, our relationships and who we are and... And getting us together, that kind of thing. 
so now that COVID is over, yeah, uh, what's the writing like now? Uh, it's besides the fact that it's winter. Besides the fact <laughs> that it's winter, you know, it's great. Uh, I so Moto Corsa obviously still still super near and dear to the heart, even though it was uh, sold off in about 2017. Yeah. Most most of the the family of dealerships got sold off. So except for RTGT is. Uh, everything else is no longer family owned and operated. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was over there for you know one one of their parties because their GM GM Shaheen is really nice guy, yep. amazing, charismatic. He's like, hey, come on over, check this out. And every time I go over there, I end up buying something. <laughs> this time he got me for a I, bike. I wonder why he invites you over. That's yeah, weird. I know, yeah, right? Okay. It was, that was gonna lose, that's what I was going to lead to is what are you riding now? Yeah. So I've got a uh, I picked up a Desert X. Oh, cool! Yeah, I'm no longer 20, and it does bother me that it's a pain in the ass to ride. Can I say ass? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That like it's yeah. a pain, and stopping at intersections sucks, and slow speed, and parking lot, all that stuff is no. It's 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 all the stuff that sucks yep. for ridiculously hardcore sports bike or sports cars just on a motorcycle, right? So it worse. Yeah, yeah, just way worse. So I was thinking back to when I was riding that. That scrambler again, you mm-hmm. know. I was like, man, I could really go for something a little more upright, something with a little bit more uh, ability too, right? I want to add to the tool, the the, the like Batman tool belt, right? Kind yep. of situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I landed on this thing. Absolutely love it. It's phenomenal, and I'm trying to convince Max to get one as well, so that we can go start like hitting all of the national parks, right? Go yeah. start doing like off road stuff with it, and like camp with it, and you know. Hundred percent. Go have a good time. Yeah. So I grew up riding mm-hmm. my whole life, and I had my street bikes. I had my RC fifty one, my thousand double R, my track bikes, and I, never again. And not because yeah. and I'm just I'm forty four now, and so as I've gotten older, one I don't want to ride in the street anymore. As far as like sport bikes, yep. like I have no desire to ride in sport bikes on the street because nobody sees you, and the speed is it's not too tempting. It's just not fun because mm-hmm. there's too many people. So the only time I want to go ride on the street is when I'm going away from people or yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, I wish this thing was on a trailer because I don't want to ride 200 miles to get to the spot I actually want to ride at. Yeah. So anyway, so now Nick and I both have dual sports, CRF 450. I mean, we went for the more single track. Yeah, and, yeah, then, yeah. Um, and then we've got our, <laughs> oddly, our outfitted Honda Monkeys. Fantastic. Which off-road. Off-road Honda. Honda That sounds Monkeys. amazing. Uh, it is. It is. It I cannot is. tell you, there's nothing better to buy. Buy that uh, or a Grom and outfit it for off-road. So I've got, you like, will have never have more fun on a bike. awful affliction, like a, a desire to get a Grom, but I just haven't like do it. been do it. convinced Do yet. it. Do it and build it for off-road. I guarantee you. Uh, so I would sell my CRI 450 and my Rafter before I would sell my Monkey. Really? Yep. It's the most fun I've ever had on a motorcycle. Ever. Huh. And we've done the Washington Backcountry Discovery Route. We did part of wow. the Idaho Backcountry Discovery Route. I mean, yeah, you can take a look at Nick's right there. Wait, on these little monkeys you've done? Yes. Full Seriously. Ol- full Olin's uh, custom oh, yeah. seat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you put like that's the entire t- bike's value into the suspension. I was going to say, yeah, yes. that's, that's how you make a $4,000 monkey into a $10,000 monkey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Just <laughs> one tooth down on the front on the sprocket, yep. and then you just rev the piss out of it everywhere you go. <laughs> it's so, How much power is it making, and how, how high will it rev? Seven. Great. Maybe seven horsepower, and oh, it rev, revs. You, you can take it to... Eight and a half, nine, something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you get a hot cam in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just it's it's hilarious because people will laugh. So we I we re- did McCall this year. We went up and rode all the back roads in McCall and Seriously? and, and yeah. Idaho backcountry discovery routes. Yeah, and so the best thing about it, I tell everybody, do it. If you've been thinking about it, I mean, we've been preaching this for years on the show. If yeah. you've even been thinking about it, do it because you'll laugh the whole time you're riding. From the minute you get on it to the minute you stop, you're just laughing. 
because it's Hell so yeah. undersized, mm-hmm. and you can just full throttle everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> the whole time. It's just like <laughs> it requires zero skill because like the 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 danger is all the way down so here. My mother hates motorcycles. Well. And she's like, "What <laughs> happens?" And I go, "If something has happened, I stand up. Yeah. I literally stand up. The bike goes away. I'm fine." Yeah, <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, but, so. but because it's so small and our suspension is so good, mm-hmm. now that it's upgraded from the from the factory, you're just slam, slam, slam. Yeah, you're slam. just bottoming the hell well, out of it. It's fine if you're a small Thai boy. Yeah, <laughs> which is what so. the market was, yeah. is small Thailand yeah. people. And uh, But with us, it's like the suspension is so upgraded that we'll be on Idaho backcountry discovery route and we'll be passing full-size bikes. That's incredible. Just full pin. We're like third gear. <laughs> and they're just like, what? And the guy that's like not stressing his multi-strata is just like, that's incredible. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, that looks, that they're like, that looks so fun. We're like, it is. Yeah, <laughs> and you can go 120 miles on a single tank, which is a gallon and a half of fuel. <laughs> so, like, if you carry another bladder, that's another 120 miles. Well, the MSR fuel bottle, if you get a non ABS model, fits uh-huh. under the seat. No way. And so you, and that's like almost just over a quarter of a tank. So okay. you can go like 180 miles. That's incredible. Have you? Uh, do you watch Fortnite on YouTube? Oh yeah, I love yeah, Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. One so of our favorites. Like that Amara. Uh, blah, blah. Armadillo bag or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I feel like that's a slam dunk, yep. right? We were laughing because we the first time we got him, we had built it off road. We started in Ellensburg. We were going to do all of the Wabder one year, but there was fires. We mm-hmm. started in Ellensburg and we went north to Shalan. No, where did we stop well, we at the did. gas station? We stopped at the gas station in um, Kashmir. So Kashmir, and so it was probably what is that like fifty miles? Yeah. All four bikes took one gallon total. <laughs> <laughs> we then went from Kashmir. We got we had to get on the actual freeway and go right up to Shalan, which because we didn't want to and and all of us burned a full tank doing that just because we were pinned at, and that was the worst part. That's the only time I didn't enjoy the bike is because not only are you buy that yourself, but you've got other three other bikes next to you going wah wah wah. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we've got exhaust and yeah. everything on them. Yeah. So. Oh, of course you do. Right, Yoshi. I'm, yeah, Yoshi. I'm just saying, that, yeah. you'll never laugh harder and you'll never have more fun. Than on a tiny little bike off road. I've got close to four thousand miles on mine. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So there, there, there is something just unbelievable about like cheap and cheerful, and the way that it affects your attitude yeah. towards doing something. Because like, of course, I'm gonna huck it at this thing, at this jump or whatever, right? Yep. Like, because worst case scenario, well, high curb. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Hey, you know, that That's a cliff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I will say, I, we went for the monkeys because of the look. We wanted that vintage style, but Classic. the Grom is a better bike off road. Okay. It's narrower, and because it has the shrouds, mm. when you toss it, it doesn't get dented. <laughs> that. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. That so, tracks. Anyway, yeah. it's it's so much fun, but like. And I, and him and I, we, he was talking about it earlier. I won't. I owned a Hayabusa for three days. It scared the crap out of me. Yeah. The guy that sold it to me it scared the crap out of me, and I was laughing at him. I was, ha, ha, ha. And I left Spokane, trying to go to back to Pullman, and mm-hmm. and turned around, sold the bike. Yeah, he was laughing like, at me. It's so. a testosterone competition. Well, and you realize like we've engineered beyond that. It's yeah. not. And and he's right. I don't trust the people on the road. But there's this part of my brain that turns on when I get on a bike like that. That's like it's like the stupid, the goofy yeah. in my brain, and it's like, what are you doing? Worst case, if that turns on on the monkey, I'm like, oh, I'm doing 35. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Like, you know, so. Which is what's confusing to me, though. Like, uh, obviously, I love doing track days, right? Yeah. And, and people are like, oh, man, I would, I would never do a track day. That's so dangerous. So much safer than the street. Are you kidding? When's the last somebody was something? Last time somebody was hit by a car on a track day on a motorcycle? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. When's the last time uh, a kid threw a ball across a track day? Yeah. Right. Every corner, you know where where it is, when it's coming. And if it's been cleaned. Yeah, Yeah. right? There's not random gravel. There's not cross traffic. If you go down, you're not going to hit a curb, Mm -hmm. right? Like, 
And the ambulance is already there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but people are just like. That's just good planning. Yeah. <laughs> Cars too, though. They just, yeah. they just think yeah. like, um, everything's going to get hammered. Way better on the track. Yeah. Way better on the track. And by the way, no one's telling you you have to go a certain speed on the track. Exactly. Like, just drive like predictably. Yeah. And everyone's going to have a good time. Well, I'm just going to throw this out there. There, the small boar fest. There are guys that race the monkeys on the track in full leathers. Amazing! <laughs> like, oh yeah, they make slicks for them and everything. Absolutely, so, yeah. 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 See, that's so, the kind of thing where, like, I would love to do that. See, yeah. I feel yeah. like, here they come. Here they still come. They're still <laughs> coming. Here they come. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> there yeah. they go. We're around the corner. Still going. Still working. Oh, there on it. it is. There it is. <laughs> <They did. laughs> we'll get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. So, I mean, does your mother like motorcycles? Uh, no. Okay. I don't think she's like specifically against them she i've heard <laughs> like way back rumors she used to like have a harley sportster or something oh, okay. back in oh. the day. Okay. so i think she understands a little bit That's the good. attitude right yeah now she has not touched a bike since i think she had a child which makes sense right tracks yeah uh that's actually why my dad got out of racing motorcycles mm. great story he um he was going back and forth, cat and mouse, with this guy at an Omer race, right? They're having a great time. He hops off the bike after he goes to the guy. Hey, man, that was that was a great time, man. Thanks, thank you so much. Just great, hard, fair riding. He goes, yeah, yeah, man. You know, my boss thinks I'm crazy for doing this, but if I die out here, at least I die doing what I love. And my dad's like, I have a pregnant wife. Yeah, I have. And this guy's a not afraid to already, die, and he's riding. And this next guy's, to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's how he got into car racing. <laughs> That's probably smart. Yeah. Yeah. Full cage helps. Big time. Big <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Leather, metal cage. Yeah. Cage. Mm, a little yeah. trade off. Yeah. So you're spending, you know, you're doing, you're busy at the dealers. Yep. Doing all that stuff. What is the, uh, what is the free time like now? I so saw you're, you're into off-roading. Are you racing cars now? So, uh, yeah. My favorite question. Yeah. Are you familiar with 24 hours of lemons? Oh, yes, 100%. I am. Of yeah. course you guys yeah. are. Yes. Favorite question to ask people because then I get to talk about it, right? So we yes. picked up at the store. What'd you cheat? How'd you cheat? No, no, no. You're gonna <laughs> love this. You're gonna love this. Uh, s- straight. The guy brought this thing in on trade. It was a hundred forty-five thousand mile Audi A4 with a dinger on the Carfax. Picked it up for four hundred bucks. Oh heck yeah! But think about it though, right? Uh, a Miata. People know and love those things. If it's a BMW 3 Series, like those things have value. Yeah. No one's looking for an Audi A4 to mod up or like have fun with, right? 2.0T, what's in it? 3.2 V6. Oh, yeah. Nobody's looking speed. for that. No one wants it, right? Well, they want the six-speed, I could see. So what I'm yeah. hearing is you can get a new Coyote engine under the hood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, you have to do a few push-ups. Gosh, yeah. I really, really... You can fit a 4.2 under the hood, okay. right? The, yeah. There's an RS4 over yeah. there that's proof. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, I, I keep looking through pick and pull to see if there's like a crashed S4 or like a... A8 had them, A6 had them, like just looking for $250 engines. Yeah. But we, we took that thing. If people don't know, I want, I mean, a lot of listeners do. Yes. The point of this is to get the biggest beater car in the world. Yep. And there's a certain price point you have to stay under or there are penalties and yep. things like that. 
but it's a whole thing. It's not just racing. It's it's the it's in the pits. It's the judges. It's things like that. Yep. It's fu- it's kind of a poor man's race, but it, I mean, it's not in the fact that a lot of these guys pull up in full rigs and and these cars and oh, I paid five hundred dollars for this BMW E thirty E forty six. It's like, yeah, sure you did, buddy. But, but yeah, it's 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 supposed to be endurance racing for five hundred dollar cars. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and you've only got a hundred dollars to get an extra engine because you spent four hundred for this car. <laughs> the, the the rule book gets a little a little um. You know, the net gets a little it wider around maintenance yeah. and fixing the thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Because yeah. it takes a toll on these cars, right? Yeah. Um, but we, we spent 400 bucks on it. We sold some bits out of the interior, and we threw $230 uh, lowering springs on it. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Other than that, we've... You mean you didn't cut them? <laughs> Heat the coils and let it drop? So <laughs> No, they needed the money. The nice thing yeah. is we've got uh, myself on the team, uh, my dad on the team, my little sister, our GM at the store... One of our salespeople and uh, one of our uh, Ferrari master technicians. Mm-hmm. So, all of those stupid ideas, like let's cut the springs, he goes, "That's a horrible idea, Brendan. We're not doing that." And <laughs> so keep, you said it is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I yeah. keep bringing him stupid ideas. <laughs> the number of times I've pitched, "Let's drop a 4.2 in this thing." Yeah. No, terrible idea. No, terrible idea. But I found one at, at you know pick and pull in somewhere Washington. Terrible idea. Please don't do it. I mean, there's got to be a tax write-off where you happen to have, like, an old 430 engine sitting around somewhere. (laughs) There's got to be. And the dealership could sell it to you for a dollar or rent it to you for a dollar. Yeah. Cut the hood. Mm -hmm. I mean, somebody did it in a BRZ. You can do it in an Audi. It's possible. That's funny. That kind of insanity, though, happens at these things, Mm -hmm. right? And there was, at the last one we went to, a, a Jeep Cherokee. Like the the hard body one from the nineties. I love those phenomenal They're cars. Hard to find, yeah. Did you know that you can fit a Volvo five cylinder in the back? <laughs> in the back. I'm sorry. What? I swear to God. So this thing pulls into the pits. We're watching it. the The team goes out into the pits to go fuel it up. They pop the hood and stick the gas can under the hood. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> I, have, I have questions. Yeah, right? Like, that's not where that goes. <laughs> you didn't do it that way. What has happened yeah, here? Yeah, exactly. Turns out, yeah, they picked up a, a five-cylinder turbo Volvo motor and threw it in the back of that thing. That and That's what they're racing. That seems like a lot of work. Right? But like, <laughs> it's really cool. It's really stupid, really fun goofball engineering for people that want to get into that. Or it's cheap racing for guys that... Look, I have always dreamed of being a race car driver. I'm sure you have. You oh, have yeah, absolutely. Every yeah. I don't have the talent. Guy, I have the one. I don't have the talent. Yeah. Or the money. They grow up <laughs> thinking, like, I could be Michael Schumacher. And it's like, no, that guy, the next guy, he started karting when he was two and a half years old. Did you? No, too late. Okay. Yeah. There goes that. Do you have a career? Okay, you need to keep doing that so you can't afford to race, right? True. With, with Lemons, though, you, you kind of get what you give, right? So... Assuming your car is vaguely uh, reliable and you don't have to work on it a ton, then you go for a weekend, you have an amazing time. It's like 16 hours of racing over the whole weekend because they don't, they, they don't race the middle of the night for most of the races because it's 2 in the morning and Bubba in an O2 Saturn Ion just picked up half the field, right? So I think that happened too many times. Yeah. Uh, except they've got one every year. And so it works. It works for a lot of people, but in sort of the vein of the the Cherokee, Volvo, whatever you want to call it. There's the the Chotus, which is legendary. It's a, a Lotus uh, Elite, which if you don't know what that is, you're the majority and you're with all of them, right? Yeah. It was a weird '80s. I want to say Lotus. 
and they dropped a Chevy 350 small block into the front of it because I love it. They couldn't get the thing to run, obviously. And then after doing that, they still couldn't get the thing to run. And so they've been doing it for like 10, 15 years. It's amazing to watch this thing. But we picked up uh, a a 76 Lancia Beta Coupe from just like okay. inches south of the Canadian border. And so we brought that back to the store and I was out of town for a couple of days and one of our techs is looking at it and he's looking at this other, I picked up a $500 Mini Cooper R53 okay, with an axe hole in the side. And even better. I tried to ask the guy. Ventilation. What, yeah, right. I tried to ask the guy what happened. He goes, I don't know. Some kids before me owned it. I don't know how the axe hole got there. Like, I'm really upset about that. But anyways, so he, he looked at the R53 and he looked at the Lancia and he goes, I didn't know that was front engine, front wheel drive. We should we should put the drivetrain from the Mini into the front of the Lancia. I was like, Adrian, that is a crazy idea. Yeah. Love it. But look. That's a Lemons gonna, idea. But yeah. if we're going to go crazy, let's just go insane. Yeah, sure. So Cut the springs. What I want to <laughs> <laughs> What... I've been clearing my garage out to do, and courtesy of the Avance podcast, now have the confidence to buy a two-post lift. Hey, oh. Hi, hey, 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 right? Yeah, we got the guys. You got yeah. the guys, I know. You uh, probably do, too. <laughs> <laughs> it, they're, they're, like, on a professional level, and I'm wanting to do this, right? <laughs> so my game plan is drop the, the drivetrain out of the Mini mm-hmm. and put it into the back of the Lancia and create the Lancini. <laughs> Sounds like a pasta. Yeah, right. As long as you wrap it like the the pepperoncini bottles like we used to get in like re- restaurants. Mm, I'm thinking so. I, yeah. I want to do like a split livery on it though. Okay. So one side the classic martini livery, and then the other side the Alitalia livery. Nice. Yes. 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 That's a better idea. That's okay. a great but, idea. Fair See, I've been thinking about it way too long. Yeah. I'm too invested. This is what I do when I'm looking like I'm working at work though, right? Is it's all I can think about is. Cars. You said the quiet part out loud. People, <laughs> so people at work are gonna. You can cut that. Yeah, you can exactly. Cut that. So, so you made you made me think of something I saw the other day. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of the Peugeot two hundred five rally car with the CBR six hundred motors? Yes. So this I've always wanted to see somebody do this. Like I don't know I don't know how somebody thought this was a good idea, but I love that they did. It's a V sixteen. It has four destroked CBR six hundred motors together. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Run that back. Four destroked CBR 600 engines molded together into a V16 down to a 2-liter destroked. <laughs> so instead of a 2.4 liter, it's a 2-liter. Okay. And makes 420 horsepower. That is unbelievable. Yeah. In a Peugeot 205 rally car. Sure, servicing, it's really easy. So, how long is the like front of that thing? It's short. They're they're motorcycle engines. So, I mean, they're not going to be. It's a tiny engine. It's only a two liter. Yeah. So, I mean, a popular mini conversion, a true British mini conversion, is a CBR 1000 motor or a Hayabusa motor. But, like, that's. I love Franken cars. I I I love love Franken cars. cars. (laughs) Especially, like, so we got a lot of the group together, and I was like, let's learn to weld. So we went to, like, a, I just Googled, like, welding class Portland. But let's not use any of the stuff we weld. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> and so I was like, let's learn to weld. So uh, we all did this, like, two-day, nine-hour welding class. And so cool. now I've got this, un, like, unmitigated confidence that I can weld stuff. <laughs> right? And then Where's, you guys... This isn't... This is... They have these. 
I want. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, we got I all the equipment. Do that. Oh, yeah. we, we, actually, we bought a welder and haven't had a chance to use it yet. Incredible. I'll give you guys the it context. It looks really nice, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really nice welder. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys care if I do a quick plug for Wildcat Hobby Classes. That's yeah. great. Where I no, we, we will plug anybody yeah. who's yeah. helping. Yeah. That's great. Uh, 100%. It was phenomenal. They had like a group rate. So if you, you can bring up to six people. And so we got a group together and we all learned to weld. And you so hear that, honey? We're learning to weld. Hey, so, what did I tell you about calling me honey on the sorry. podcast? Sorry. <laughs> 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 Knock it off, pumpkin. Uh, so. Sweet cheeks. I don't yeah, know if sorry. she's going to laugh at that. I, I think know. so. No. It'll be great. She'll kill me, not you. <laughs> so, yeah. so then I started watching. Have you seen Super Fast Matt on YouTube? I haven't, no. Oh. Super Fast? I don't think so. Do yourself I mean, a favor. I'm going to Hold on. And okay. You'll just lose so much time to it. This is a guy that did it. a CBR 600 swap into a Honda S600. Ooh, this okay. is a guy okay. that is still working on an old Mark V Jag Tesla swap. He did a okay. CBR 250 swap into a Grom, but he's <laughs> that's where I've seen it. That's okay. where you've seen it. Yeah. Okay. okay. So he uses uh, a company called Send Cut Send. You send them a CAD file, they send you a part. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So really then cool. I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to learn CAD now. Jesus. So okay. I start working and trying to learn CAD and like I, I know enough to put together a 2D part and have it sent over to me. So now I've, I've got, I'm, I think I can weld and I think I can have custom parts made. So I'm pretty sure I can do this stupid Lancini project. You just got to do it. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not going to, it's, gonna, it's, it's not like it's going to be easy, but who cares? You yeah. haven't died on a motorcycle yet. That's not going to kill yeah. you. It's the same attitude as like the monkeys, right? Like, yeah, you just go do it and you then just gotta do it. figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, but, doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's going to not be fun. <laughs> yeah, but that's the entire attitude, though. Like you said, just you just gotta, you just gotta. If, if you're thinking of the thing, do it right. Like, yeah. there's a lemons car out there. If you've ever thought about racing, yeah, right. Just do it. It's, Rule thirty four. Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't Google that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. yeah. After every uh, first day of racing at Lemons, they have a uh, a party. So don't Google Rule thirty four Lemons <laughs> party. You two are so broken. For the love of God, please cut that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Going on a bumper sticker. <laughs> I bought this car at Tonkin Motors. For the love of God, don't Google. <laughs> Lemon party. No. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're broken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. It's nice to meet other people that are broken, though. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, I mean, and maybe I misheard that as far as the dealerships. Are some mm-hmm. of you sold, the, 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 the so, family sold off a bunch of the dealerships? Yeah, yeah. So it started with Chevy and then GT, and then it ballooned to like, 26 dealerships in okay. the Portland area, the Dalles. Uh, we, we've been lucky enough to do business with phenomenal people who've had to move away. So we had a, a, a dealership in Reno, two of them actually, so that just so that we could um, keep a relationship with yeah. this guy, right? Uh, and so it, it got up to be a pretty big group, and then it became a, a, a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, it was handed from my grandfather to my dad and uh, his brother, and you know they got you get to an age where it's like I don't need to be doing this anymore. Yeah, right. You want to wake up and not have to worry about that's a lot thousands of, of people's yeah. lives, yeah. right? And and you know like the you think about the two thousand eight financial crisis, like that was not a good time to be responsible for all those people, and so 
with all that um, kind of like coming to a head, I think it was like, or, or you know, in mind, right? Mm-hmm. In 2017, I think, it basically all got sold off to uh, it's a company out of Spokane. We more than doubled their size. And since then, it, I mean, it was the, the minnow eating the whale, right? Since then, they've been going on and purchasing more uh, stores and God bless them. I think they're doing a great job with it. Good. Can I, I ask? I grew up in Spokane. Who? Gee? Oh, yeah. George Gee. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. As far I mean, as I know, they're doing a good job. Yeah. I don't really keep a ton of tabs on it, other no. other than you know, so, friendships and relationships with people that still work there. So, what brands are still under there? So through with Tonkin. Uh, we've got Ferrari, Maserati, Enios Grenadier, and hmm, mm, coming gotcha, soon. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I love that dealership. We we were driving down to California one time. This is before the in, a, in the the Ghibli, and in, ended up needing something. And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah I'll get it here." Yeah. No ta- sales tax. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful thank, dealership. Thank yeah. you. Glad to hear yeah. that. Yeah, uh, it's 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 interesting, right? Because a lot of people see the the Cavalino on the door, and they think like, if I'm not coming in to buy something, I can't stop by it. And they're all it was it it, it comes with it, right? Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's it's we're all car enthusiasts, right? Like the salesman that's on our race team, he's got a Miata that he's stuck too much money in. And that's easy to do with Miata on a race team. (laughs) Our service manager, like I said, he's on his second overlanding rig with like one of those pop-up campers. And like, now I've been getting into off-roading and have like a third of the store is in on this lemons team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like everyone has the same affliction and that, because let me tell you, there's a lot more money in the dealership of like a Honda store. Like you can oh, make yeah. a ton more money. And frankly, if it was about money, you wouldn't be in the car business anyways. But you know, the reason we do it at the store that we do is because we we just love it, man. Like we're here for it. We're well, and I think there's, and I will say this: I'm not throwing anybody on the bus. There are certain Italian dealerships around the country where if you walk in, they're not nice to you. Yeah, that doesn't happen down there. It, no. it just doesn't. I mean, it's they're, they're car people. They understand. They want, I mean, there are some rules that you have to follow. That if you're in a Honda dealership yeah, or a Ferrari dealership, don't <laughs> don't touch them something unless somebody tells you you can. You're there to see it, but that's sharing the passion. I mean, yeah. that, everybody knows that classic story in your head of the little kid that comes in and like remember that Porsche commercial and, he, and he, he's like he's like can I sit in the nine eleven and the, he's like a little kid and then gets out he goes can I have your card I'll call you back in ten years or whatever <laughs> like, you know that's important yeah so no for sure I mean we. We get people that come in with their kids after school, right? Yeah. And and they come by, and we always try and give them, like, a, a, a Ferrari, like, lithograph or something. Because to them, it's the coolest yep. thing that they'll have for yep. a while. And and I remember not that long ago, people were talking about, oh, you know, people aren't in the cars anymore. The enthusiasm's dying and whatnot. Like, and then Ken Block comes around, and he makes it cool again. Drifting is a, is a thing, and people are all into cars again, right? Yeah. And, but it starts with a good experience at a dealership where you're enthusiastic about something. Right? Yeah. The culture has shifted because I think the, uh, I was going to say the interest has shifted because the culture hasn't embraced bringing in new people a lot. Yeah. And that's changing. Yeah. But there was, a, we went through that dead period there where you went to a car show and it was a bunch of old dudes you didn't really want to be like. Yeah. Yeah. You would go to cars and coffee and it's like, man, I saw your Chevelle the last time and I saw yeah. the other guys like. Nice shorts. One. Yeah. Like yeah. this is great and all, but that's like, a Chevy. That's a Chevy. Command. <laughs> I'll say this because they don't listen to this, but it's the little that live in their parents' basement and don't own cars and, you know, believe that they're killing the, the world and all that. It's not, that's not what it is. It's, you know, and 
if anything, and we've preached about this, the hand being able to shape metal and and be a mechanic is is something that's dying, and that's we need the younger generation to step up and learn. I mean, mm-hmm. people like you, obviously, that's going. I'm gonna I'm gonna go weld, learn to weld today, and stuff like that. Like we're we're old. We love to teach ourselves stuff, and you know, yeah. and I've broken more shit trying to do things than I fixed probably. So uh, I think that's the important part. I think that's it's sharing that passion. Like you know, we do work down in. Uh, California during Monterey Car mm-hmm. Week, it's the, it's changed. It's not what it used to be. It, the car mm-hmm. show, the car show of, of today and tomorrow are totally different. It's not you know paying four hundred dollars to go sit at Pebble or four hundred dollars at Pebble. I mean, a thousand dollars at Pebble. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of inflation? Sorry. If you can get into Pebble for four hundred dollars, you should do that. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing is. I mean, Pebble will probably always be there, but uh, the other the other things of the world, as far as they're, they're adapting and they need to change. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's tough. But well, and but it also. It breeds a counterculture, right? So, exactly lemons that. is a perfect yeah. example, right? It's it, everyone says racing's too expensive. Well, fine, I'll figure out how to race for five hundred bucks. Let's go do it. Like I happened yep. to be my birthday on the Saturday of lemons, and I was like, "We're going to Concord Lemons at Monterey." And I love that show. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I got to sit on top of a horse that was mounted on top of some Malays era Lincoln or whatever the hell. And I was having the time of my life, right? People bring out these goofball cars and it's that same it's that same love for cars. Yeah. It's just I didn't know about Concourse to Lemons, even though we were down there a ton, until Wayne Carini that one time on his show went downtown Monterey, bought a car off of this horrible lot or rented it, yeah. took it to Lemons, won, and then <laughs> took it back. <laughs> like so that that's and again, if you don't know what that is, it's it's Pebble Beach, but the opposite of Pebble Beach, mm-hmm. uh, as far as what you can wear and the cars you see, that's not a race. That's a, that's an actual show, and, one, and the yeah. worst wins. It's a so. concourse. Uh, they yeah. have very specific um, categories, mm-hmm. the same as as Pebble Beach does. Um, you know, you, you you get points for like having a car that has been worked on a lot, or maybe it's like a weird one-off car that no one has ever seen and like for some reason it's out there like uh it's been buried for 62 years yeah, yeah right yeah. like one of those one of one east german car yeah <laughs> or one of those goofball Nine. rebodied vw bugs yeah. that like everyone yeah. wanted to turn into a sports car right like what was it the bradley gt i think one of those, oh, yeah. one of those were there because of course where else are you going to see one yeah the f40 on the fiero that was really poorly done God bless out that. of the jc whitney catalog incredible yeah yeah <laughs> i love that stuff yeah with the night like the night rider strobe yeah and guys are just dying to show it to you yeah Right, like you go. It, I appreciate that to a lot of other shows, and like you'll see some amazing cars. But if you breathe a little too close to it, then like, oh, hey, watch out! Yeah, you know, it's exactly. How dare the you breathe on it, peasant? Yeah, seriously. Yes. <laughs> well, we always, we always, we. You can tell they're really rich guys from the rich guys because the really rich guys will open up the door and let all the kids sit in it, mm-hmm. and the rich guys won't. Yeah, but like the guys, like um, Bruce Wanta, who everybody knows up in the Pacific Northwest, has a beautiful all carbon Ford GT. All carbon, yeah. and special ordered. It's number one as well. And he's driven it to exotics. God knows how many times. And every time a kid wants to come sit in that car, he's like, "Hop in!" He's like super excited to let that kid in that car, yeah. Yeah. And, and he loves it. And, and that's how you keep it alive too. Exactly, because that kid, I guarantee you, that kid's gonna remember that for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. His dad's gonna have that picture. But like he said, yeah. you're giving out the lithograms. I mean, that. Oh, I loved those things when I was a kid. I, had, yeah. I remember yeah. when I was a kid and the, the Viper first came out. I went up to the dealer in Mount Vernon at the time because I was the closest dealer that had one at my parents' mm-hmm. house, and they, they gave me the, the folder. I think I had that thing for like 10 years. 
Yeah. I don't I think it I don't know what happened to it. It might even still be like in one of my scrapbooks somewhere. But it was Probably. like it was like mind blowing to my me. My mom's like dying to get a bunch of my old stuff from my uh, yeah. old like childhood room out of her house. Not gonna happen. Yeah, Not gonna happen. But it's all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. somebody wants an exercise room. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Mom loves you. Get your shit out. <laughs> she does. Everyone call your mom. Yes. Right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, call your mom, people. Yeah. If you're listening, call your mom. Yeah. She would love it. She'll ask you why you're calling. Just say we heard it on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. The Yvonne's podcast, mom. Absolutely. Have you watched yeah. it? Jeez, yeah. Best video you'll ever watch. <laughs> <laughs> no cameras here. Yeah. Oh. Whoops. Yeah. No. no. Uh, so what's next? Are you driving? You said you're doing off-road. You got the t- yep. Tacoma, yep. right? So, yeah, I uh, out of college, I picked up a Focus RS, and I was driving it. Great choice. Love that car. Great choice. Came out when I was in college, and I would send my dad article after article, of, like, this thing is God to me, right? Yeah. Like, because in my head, hint, hint. yeah, right? <laughs> Come on. yeah. At the time, it was like, okay, I can throw me and three or four friends in it with what we need to go on a weekend trip. I can go to the mountain and I can go to the track, and I did all of that. Like I took it from from the mountain to the track, and all I had to change was the tires. But I'm driving it to work, and I had it serviced at the store. One of our techs goes, he goes, "Man, when are you going to stop putting miles on that thing?" Boom, done. The bug in the back of my head took over, and because yeah. like, from that point you can't, you start thinking, oh jeez, it's gonna be a sixty thousand dollar car or a sixty thousand mile car. It's gonna be a seventy thousand. Like, and I don't need that. And frankly, when I was, you know, it, it's the nine five nine again. When I was younger, I don't mind that it's got pogo stick suspension and Recaro seats and a manual transmission. But you know, I'm just trying to get to work and I'm sitting in traffic again. Yeah. And so I kept thinking, I was like, what do I get? What do I get? And I land on another Focus RS. And I was like, this is dumb, right? There's no replacement for it. So I was like, let's, again, expand the tool belt. So I was like, all right, I want to I get something that I can use that's not going to depreciate. Yeah. So I picked up a, a Tacoma TRD off-road. And I started using it for towing the Lemons car. I started using it for bringing my bike to track day. And then... As we're staring down the barrel of this Ineos thing, I was like, you know, I've always been interested in, in going off-roading, but I've never really done it. And if I'm going to walk the walk and talk the talk, i got to know what yeah. I'm doing here. So I started taking, like, a crash course in online YouTube how to off-road and stuff. And, you know, learning from Sean and he and I started going out to, like, Brown's Camp and stuff. And yeah. we went to uh, along the Metolius and uh, we took a, an Ineos out to Lottie Flats. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. About a week ago. And that, I mean, it's it's an entirely different, like, school of, uh, like, automotive enthusiasm, right? And it's just, it's cool. You look at uh, uh, an obstacle and you're like, <laughs> I'm going to go over that. Yep. Like, <laughs> we went to Brown's Camp and there's this hill that goes into the sky and Sean goes, okay, so we're going to drive up that. And he starts going up and dunk dunk and his, his car's going from side to side to side. And I'm like, I guess I'm going to do that. You get to the top and you look down and you go, I guess I did that. That was awesome. Right? Like, was it, the, it was the Land Cruiser we did that in, right? Or Yes. <laughs> it was snowing sideways. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Right? But No, I mean, there were four of us in there. And Dan goes, we're going to drive up that. And I was like, I don't think like, and like we were sitting like this and then he started going up and, and I mean, literally it was like this. I'm like, okay, like <laughs> I had total confidence in the car and the driver. It was just like, you didn't think about it. You're like, yeah. yeah. 
So then everybody got to the top and was like, it's snowing. I, like, I got to pee. I, I just scared <laughs> the crap out of me. So, yeah. Oh, look, yeah. yellow snow. There it is. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> no, that's so, amazing. Yeah, I've been, I've been uh, getting into that and trying to, like, learn the whole overlanding thing. And, oh, my I love God. It. What a, uh, like. Different world. A different world. If you did, well, you guys, they just opened up the Oregon backcountry discovery route. Yep, they so did. So you can do that. So we're planning on, um, with Ineos, uh, if you haven't seen it, they did what was called the hard way home. And so one of their first, first early adopters, they started doing deliveries in the UK and Australia a year or so ago. They had them pick up their car in like Morocco and drive it all the way back to England. Huh? Yeah. Cool. So they they got That's these a people. great way to say our cars are going to get that far. Yeah, and they right. do it. They they flew them out and they were like, "Hey, here's your new car." They showed them around the features. They, in in the UK, it's called a handover, not a delivery. So right. they, it was, that was their handover, and they drove like a week in snow and shut down roads, and they had to backtrack. And amazing, amazing story if you haven't seen it. And so we're trying to to figure out a way that we can do that at our own level, right? So that we can give people that experience. Because in terms of like... I'm like... No, I'm like, hello, customer. Thank you for buying a car. Your car is somewhere in Oregon. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Here's your your Garmin. Good luck. We, we, <laughs> Follow the tracks. You'll make yep, it. You'll be fine. Yeah, we put the latitude and longitude in this phone. Yep. <laughs> you got like, to do it blinded. Yeah. Blindfolded, yeah. But, you know, you, it's it's... It's totally different because it's it gets people out of their comfort zone. It gets people out of their day to day kind of grind, right? Like the 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 phone is a beautiful thing, but my God, is it awful sometimes? Yeah. But that also t- made people not only buy those cars, what they did, but they, it made them use it. It wasn't a thing of like I'm going to buy this, and I'm going to drive it around London or something. It's mm-hmm. like you. I mean, so many people go, oh, you drive it off the lot. You're like, I don't want to put miles on it. Like. That's like right there. It's like you pick your car up in Monaco, and I'm, I'm and again before I get a bunch of emails, I'm aware that the people agreed to pick up their cars in Monaco, like or Morocco. Mar- 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 yeah, that yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Monaco would be great too. <laughs> that too. That might be but harder. Like that. That's, <laughs> Narrow that's a genius, genius play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, off my rocker. Sorry, but I yeah I I often have said to people who aren't that into cars, I'm like, you haven't found the right car yet, or you haven't had the right experience yet, or someone gave you an experience that was counterintuitive to what you would want. If you've never been in a fast car before and somebody tries to kill you in traffic showing off to, you know, increase <laughs> yeah. their dick size while they drive their car. Like, of course you don't like cars. Yeah, of course you don't like fast cars because mm-hmm. that's your experience with them and the culture. But if you've done, if you buy a performance car and your first experience is, hey, we're going to go to a track day with an instructor who knows what they're doing, who's going to walk you through how to drive this car quick. And even if you're not fast, Mm -hmm. you're going to feel faster than you've ever been. Yeah. Because nobody's competing with you. They just want to see you have fun. Yeah. And they want to, you know, be safe. And that will make you a car person. Because you're like, holy crap, I've never been able to experience anything like this before. Yeah. I've said before, I've actually said this same about bungee jumping. I said, there's very few new experiences in your life as you get older. Things, feelings are familiar. Mm-hmm. And so jumping off a bridge and not dying is a new feeling. Getting into a fast car and taking you a track day is a new feeling. You don't experience that mm-hmm. until you've been to a track day because otherwise there's no other way to experience it. Yeah. And so those kind of things can be really life-changing in a positive way when they're done in the right environment. You jump off without the bungee cord, you're going to have a really shitty time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Once. you're going to have a really great time until you don't. Once. Right. Yeah. 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 And so... But the same thing is with a track day. If you just get into a car and drive fast and crash or hurt somebody or yourself, you're going to have a bad time. It's probably going to leave you with not so great memories. Yeah. But if you get to track day, you get somebody on a motorcycle, even if they're not. Mm-hmm. This is a bit, We used to preach this in motorcycles when we were selling them all the time. 
guy would buy a dual sport, never buy a bike for in his life. I'm like, you're doing a track day? What are you talking about? I'm like, dude, get on the track with this thing. He's like, it's a dual sport. They have track days for that. Yeah. You can go learn how to ride this thing better than you've ever learned how to ride a motorcycle before in your life. And you can go down and do an off-road day. They have enduro schools, and that will be the most fun you've ever had on this motorcycle. There's a reason they stay in business. It's not because they suck. Yeah. It's because it's really fun, and you get to learn a new skill set. And I always say that like, if you've got those people who just don't get it, like you got to give them those experiences. That's why it's so important to get them out there into the cars. And it's, it's like my Raptor, like it's... I love that truck because I've used it like they designed it. It's yeah. done a lot of jumping. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. great. And and you find that you you love your car so much more because of the things that you do with it, right? Right. We've had so you brought up something really uh that we struggle with sometimes. We get customers that they buy a Ferrari, mm-hmm. it sits in their garage, they don't use it, and back in the day you would lose money if you didn't if you if you sold right. it. Right. These days it's a little different, right? But you then you sell it and you lose some money and you feel terrible about it and you you never buy another one again. Yep. So that's part of why we started organizing track days is so that you can create these experiences exactly. with people with their car. And they use it and they love it and they look forward to the track day, right? Yep. And and they remember the track day and why they bought the car. So, you know, that same feeling for an overlander. Mm-hmm is so different though it's so sustained right because you don't just go out for like a day trip so much you go out for like four days and the incredible part too that we're we're really excited about is that sports cars it tends to be you know it's either dad's car or mom's car or whatever like and and the rest of the family doesn't really get to partake in it as much yeah but the the overlanding thing it's so much it's something you do with your kids. It's something you do with your family that like, mm-hmm. you know, you get out there and, and by the way, the gear, you looked into overlanding gear. Yeah. It's no, we, we, we definitely, we, we are overlanders. Oh my time, so. God. Yeah. I love gear. I love this new hobby because of gear. Right. But you, you get out, you buy the gear, you use the gear, you use the care gear with your kids. Right. Yep. So that like wholesome element of it, like <laughs> we have just, two episodes and they're both titled, uh, it was back when we were Rain City Supercars. It was like off-roading for people who don't off-road good. <laughs> and it was like we talk about like the gear and how to use it. And we've taken friends out and we've taught with Avance has off-road days. And mm-hmm. we, we teach people how to use recovery gear and yep. how to do approach and departure angles and stuff like that. But we have a, a huge off-road gear list on our page. It's like everything we use, why we use it, yep. what we think is the most important what is really nice, but you'll probably never use. <laughs> yep. Like, this is cool. You'll the, never use it. The importance <laughs> of driving around with your traction boards on top of your car, even though you drive downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> Why you should always have a rooftop tent on your roof. Absolutely. Always, especially in Pacific Northwest. We At love mildew. Yeah. At all times. <laughs> yeah. Have you thought about what that delivery process of that, of doing something like that, where they pick it up on a, on a Friday and the, you know, in, the, in the bottom of Oregon, and Friday night there's a camp that they have to drive to and, and do a night or something like that? So, I know that's cost in the... In the yeah, it's yeah. it's it's very much in th- this whole thing is like in its infancy because uh, yeah. I'm yeah. a little bit the I, I was sort of tasked with Ineos at the mm-hmm. store right like yeah. make n- make this thing make it so people know what this is and and make it work uh, a little bit and so I'm trying to put together the sort of two ways that we can do a hard way home and frankly they'll probably both be like optional ads with our store that yeah. are an RTGT experience right so I'm thinking one of them we start like the the bottom of Oregon and we do the Oregon BDR and that one's probably going to be on on the expensive end because 
I, I That's a lot of planning, a lot of time. It's a lot of planning and a lot of time. And the first thing I realized was going to be a huge obstacle is, hang on, how do you get someone down to the bottom of Oregon to start the BDR? Okay, is that a jet that we're going to have to charter? Like, I don't know, right? I don't know what these things look like yet. No, so, do it like a rafting company. Get one of those really old school buses. People love this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people love, love this. this. Go on the bus, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> don't give a shit what you just paid us for. Yeah, right. So, like, And that's the other thing. It, it is a, a, a premium off-road product. Yeah. Um, and so we've got to offer a, an experience that's commensurate with that. And so, you know... We've got two demos, then we'll probably have one go up ahead and get camp ready for the night, yeah. start cooking and stuff. Yeah, exactly so what that I'm talking about. You, yeah. you get led through the thing and, and bring your family and you have a great time with the car and then we get all the way towards uh you know Portland and, and everyone splits and has a great day. Yeah. So you could go up the Washington BDR mm-hmm. for where you guys are, it'd be easy to go up the Washington or down the Oregon. Yep. And either the or the Washington one's really easy. I've done that one several times and you can do that. Um, and if it's, you go go down from here, then they could you could meet them here, and then yeah, they just drive their car home afterwards. Mm-hmm. You would have to find some side travel though, because I mean, like Washington, you could do a two wheel drive unless it's snowing. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the 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 Grenadier is so capable; it's actually difficult to find a good route that isn't destroying the land. Big time, big yeah, time. Like it's not like Moab; you'd be set, but but we don't exactly have Moab in our backyard. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, and so the sort of like flip side of that without you know, getting into chartering a jet and all that jazz is like, okay, what about Bend, right? Like, there's a ton of stuff going on around there and we could easily do, relatively easily do, to like a two, three-day trip that yeah. isn't going to be anywhere near as, as extensive, but it still gives you time behind the wheel, putting the thing to the test a little bit. But this is outside of the handoff, right? Like, they would take ownership somewhere else and do what they want and then then go do the program? I'm thinking ideally, like, th- when you meet your car for the first time, is out in the woods. That would be great. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in the weeds, but the first thing I'd want to do if I own a car like that is make sure that it's protected. If yeah. It's out in the woods. So. Yep. And so, uh, <laughs> sure. that's... Hello, Estec. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's, what I, so, that's kind of where I was going. I was going to say, you yeah. You can build that into... I mean, you have <laughs> yeah, we can charge. pump yeah. that right protection, the financing. Please. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I've also been uh, working for the dealership to get a ton of the connections so that people can go straight from our driveway to the trail, right? And so that we can offer all these things in, like, part of their financing. So we've we've partnered with iCamper. We've partnered, yep, with um, a cool company called Vessel. I don't know if you're familiar with them, VSSL. Mm-hmm. They uh, started doing, like, um, outdoors kind of kits, and now they have this really cool... Um, double wall insulated flask that you can like screw a flashlight onto the bottom because it started with <laughs> the, the guy had a mag flashlight and he's like this thing is huge how is the only thing it does is hold a flashlight right yeah especially so, now yeah right yeah uh and now they've got this really cool coffee system it's on all like all in i wish i could show my hands on a podcast right? like, <laughs> it's about the size of a thermos yeah about the size yeah. of a thermos he's and flipping it's, us off right now <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. um a pour over system and a, it holds a coffee grinder that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh we've partnered with ukayako who does propi- propane fire pits with like speakers in them we've oh, partnered yeah, seen those. Those yeah. Mule, yep. up at yeah. the mule yep with front runner with dometic all of these uh these companies and I've been working on putting together packages, right? Because the the decision paralysis when you start looking at all this gear is <laughs> immense, right? Yeah. Like, I want to get a chair. Great. There's 18 on the market. Yeah. Pick the best one. Good luck. Yeah. So, But the, your idea of working it into the finance, that's a new thing that, that I'm seeing on the market, obviously. Ford's mm-hmm. done it. The fact that you can walk in there and you can go, okay, I want all this stuff. I want, And then I don't have to go buy the car and have a monthly payment, then go out and, and 
load lump sum it with yeah. like 10 grand of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So, cause we just want to make it easier for people to get into the hobby, right? Yeah. To, to get out there and, and have a great time. And so it looks good if you're selling a product that's out there being used. Exactly. I mean, they want that. So yeah. they'll be much more inclined to use it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause they will have the confidence to get out there and not be like, Oh, you know, this is a gravel road. Am I fine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which if you've never done it before, your version of off-roading is a gravel road and yeah. that's fine. I it's don't, a fire road. Yeah. You know? And, and that's nothing wrong with that. You got to start somewhere. Cause here's yeah. the fire? scary thing. <laughs> here's the scary thing for me about <laughs> off-roading is that on a track day, you can usually tell when you're getting towards the limits of, of, you know, you're entering a corner too fast and it's pushing, you're, you're yeah. trying to go for too much gas and it's stepping out. Right. You can very, very quickly get yourself into too much trouble off road in a, in a situation where it becomes really difficult to pull that thing out. Yeah. Maybe a winch, you can get pretty creative, but you can also be like, you know, two miles an hour and a rock does a lot of damage. Yeah. Cause you don't know how to take an approach and departure angle correctly, or you don't know your breakover angle. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, the, the, uh, the guy that's just getting into it that wouldn't know that something might nuke his oil pan, he doesn't have a winch to pull himself out of something. Right. He's yeah. just trying to get into it, right? Yeah. You know, he's been, his buddy's amping him up to go, you can get up that. Yeah. <laughs> right. We've I've seen that. I've broken more crap doing that. Yep. Me too. <laughs> one of my, not lately. One of my favorite off-road events I ever did with Dan, we've got a buddy that's got a brand new, well, it's not brand new anymore, Jeep 392. Oh. So he's got the Raptor, the Jeep, Mm -hmm. and the Subaru. Now, I'm following these guys, okay? Both of them get stuck. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) We're the ones like, let's try it. We had to figure out how to, like, winch the Raptor out with the Jeep, and then we had to get the Jeep out with the Raptor. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Dan and I laugh. So many people will be like, we love going up in the hills and finding people that are stranded. Not because I want to – but I love going, okay, how do we get this person out? How do we – our, one of the most infamous stories, we went up in the hills off of I-90, and in the middle of nowhere, there was these kids who were high as a kite in his mom's Suburban on 26-inch rims with street tires, and they had driven up there to get high, and then they couldn't get the truck out. And it took three Jeeps, your Land Cruiser, I mean, just to get yeah. them turned around, and then they had to haul them, the Jeeps had to haul them down the mountain so that they didn't slide off the... Yeah, because it iced over at that point. Oh, my God. And I'm like, how did you get up here? I'm like, full throttle. That's how they got up there. You can go a long ways with a lot of throttle if you don't care. See, I'd love to hear the story from their side. How three wizards with a Jeep helped them down the hill. It's even better. So a year later, we're up at the bottom of this hill. Same hill. Same hill. Serious. I've got my parents had just bought a new uh, Range Rover Discovery Sport. And I wanted to go see what this. And Dan and I, we're out there. I get it stuck. I buried it in in a ditch. And we're, we're fine. And we're digging it out, and out of nowhere comes the same kids walking down the street. And they're like, hey. And I'm like, what the? Didn't say a thing. They're like, yep, see ya. And just kept walking. I'm like, I was like, you'd be dead without us. Get back. Start (laughs) shoveling. Yeah. They left. Yeah. Okay, they were so high it wouldn't know. I don't know if they knew. And we must have. We probably looked like those look like the guys from the last time we got high. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah. Dan, and I, I'm like, is that? He's like, yep. Yep. So. <laughs> Same ones. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that you're doing the over, overlanding. I love the the bikes. I mean, it's it sounds like an incredible, incredible life you're living, which is important. I I mean, yeah, I am unbelievably blessed. Uh, I've got obviously. But you're working hard. Like, I mean, that's. I'm, I'm trying, right? Yeah. Like, I, I definitely think, like, I've, I've, there's times where I'm like, I don't think I've done anything today. And my coworker's like, you've done eight meetings today. I'm like, I guess, okay, fine. Like, I've got big-time imposter syndrome from time to time, right? But, uh, you know, 
I always think like the problem is the work is always there, right? The the work will always take up your time if you let it. So yeah. I try and like make intentional time to do the things I love, right? Yeah. To to be stupid with cars, to to go do track days with yeah. my dad who's my hero, to um you know go learn off-roading, which is something I've always had my eye on and am now lucky enough that I get to kind of be paid to do some of it, which is neat, right? Well, the Ineos would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, the reason we went out to to Lottie Flats is we were trying to figure out how to do, like, an off-road test drive event kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so we went out there, we hit a couple of trails. We are like, this is going to be too long. This is too challenging. Like, we found the quarry all the way in the back, and we're like, oh, perfect. We've got a 10-minute drive loop you can test this test that bam let's get let's get people here so we're gonna be firing that up here pretty soon hopefully yeah no i mean but it's all it's it's motorcycle it's all powered by gas right like at the end of the day that's those those things have built-in air compressors i can't remember uh no but we can put a built-in air compressor in for you Ah, yeah we um our trial master demo we put a dual arb air compressor in it and it's it's Gorgeous. I mean, you, there's room uh, under the seat, so you just plug the chuck in, yeah, fire it up, and yeah. yeah. I've got the dual uh, for the Raptor. Mm-hmm. He's got the single, but as soon as I talk to the guys at Morflate, start including that, make yeah, your yeah, life yeah. way easier. Yeah. No, we've got, uh, or it's got, uh, if you get a Trial Master, a built-in dual battery. Mm-hmm. That means you get to use all those glorious switches. <laughs> Um, the which all of those switches are pre-wired to power outlets either yeah. inside or on the the roof there. So there's a couple of places that have like an electricity sign. You pick it up. There's already the port in there. Yeah, you just so got no drilling through. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's on. Yeah. I uh, one thing that's super different about this car that I love is a lot of um, like off-road cars started out either as like trucks or military vehicles that were yep. then adapted and adopted by this community. G-Wagon. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. <laughs> this was started by a guy who was super into off-roading and overlanding, and so there's these thoughtful touches like the utility belt on the side, which is all L-Track, and it's gorgeous, and you can like... L-Track's m- awesome. It's awesome. You can like mount an axe vertically to the door if you wanted to, just because yeah. it looks cool. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's companies that are doing um, uh, molly panels from the rear L track to the top of the drip rail over the uh, rear window uh-huh. and you know mount stuff to it they're they're aware of all the the things that come with overlanding because they know it's a, as much of a, a platform as it is a product yep right so they've got all of these like just things that are cool. like this switch panel man you gotta go flip some switches <laughs> it's, you gotta bring one up 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 to us in Seattle when we'll go up in the mountains sometime what about fun. outside okay yeah Oh, you! It, it's, oh. it's here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I brought a Fiat Master out Fine. here. All right, we're gonna yeah. go look at that. Yeah, yeah. sure. So. And it's got Safari windows that you can pop up and stand out of the car. Like I just sat that there. That sounds for, horrible. No, Charlie's <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I want to go in the internet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie keeps interrupting. Excellent. Hi, well, buddy. I mean, I really appreciate you taking your time and coming out here today, you and Charlie. And, uh, <laughs> Charlie's giving you know, me kisses. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much for having me. My dog's gonna be so mad. You're gonna be in deep trouble. I know. My dog's gonna be like, "Who was it?" Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you again uh, for this episode of the Avance Podcast. Podcast, Not as too. always, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.